to anything and everything a and e with a and e aaron and aaron i'm aaron and i'm aaron yeah and uh uh every podcast episode we bring you i had to struggle not to say every week because it's been about four months uh or at least it's long um <laughs> uh we uh the holidays being what they are uh and us both being busy with uh other podcasts and other projects me in particular with my novel we took a little time uh but we're back and we've got more interesting topics to bring you and every episode we bring you uh two completely random and absolutely out there topics uh that uh, cover the breadth uh of what is out there in the world uh, it can be anything from history to people, um, or people who make history. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, uh, we're back. I'm back. Hi. I missed you. <laughs> I moderately missed you guys, if I'm being honest. Yeah, um, no, I, I really did. Um, I'm trying, I mean, to keep them, trying to keep them engaged, Aaron. Jesus. I miss you more when you call in and, and, and leave us messages and ask questions and send emails. But no, I, I well, miss... They, they couldn't do that. We were gone. As you said, they thought we were dead. It's, it is possible that everyone thinks we're dead. It's it's very possible. And I have to tell you, so our last show, which was October 25th, and I don't know that, guys, because I'm on top of shit. Like, I just looked that up. Um, Was the Great Molasses Flood, and then, honestly, I don't remember what your topic was. I only remember mine, because then a few weeks... that was in, horrifying. Well, a few weeks into not recording, this guy that I watch on YouTube, his name, don't know. It's like making history, and it's like a food thing. Anyway, he covered the Great Molasses Flood of Boston by making brown bread, which is made in a can with molasses. It's mildly sweet rye bread with the shape of a coffee can. Anyway, that's um, that's it. That's all I have. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Um, but we, we hung out since we last recorded, which feels like it was last year, because it was. Yeah, it kind of was. Uh, we went to Vegas, uh, and uh, that was a good time. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was it was it was an absolute blast. Uh, <clears throat> getting to meet you and uh, Bridget there again, and uh, all of those. Uh, I I I was about to say all of those people, and that felt a little. I don't know denigrating i guess uh i didn't know anybody uh because it was uh it was a it was a um it was a wedding in the the the, the garmy family i, yes. I think yes yeah. I, all i knew is that you and stevie both knew this person and i was like okay great congratulations <laughs> i was like um i felt like the 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 17th wheel like <laughs> just being dragged along well, you're you're fairly introverted, so um, you met possibly our our biggest fan of A and E while you were there, and you were so like timid, and I was like, he's just really shy. 
It's fine. <laughs> um, but so you got to meet Kristen Farley, who I know through the Garmy, but listens to this as well as uh, by Coastal, and I think she also listens to fuck B T F Y W. Close. Fuck. Uh, BFYTW. BFYTW. Why is yeah. that so hard? I've been on your show know. numerous times. And you've said because fuck you, that's why. I know. Uh, so I know you know. I am on a lot right. of cold medicine this morning, if we're being honest. It's, it's quite all right. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I think she does. Um, and she, I remember she was super nice, but like I said, I didn't know anybody and I sort of, I sort of retreat into a shell at that point. Like if, if I'm, if, if I'm outnumbered, like if, if I'd known, I think half, half or more of the people there, then I tend to come out a little bit more, but when it's less than half, I tend to just retreat and, uh, and wall up a little bit. And I, I think that's what Kristen ran into. I imagine that I don't know what the assistant to the president is not obviously not the vice president, but like 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 an admin assistant that might follow the president around at events and be like That's Kristen Farley. I felt like that because you had like <laughs> closed up so much that I was like, Okay, this person coming up is so and so and like I felt like I was like your handler at a, a charity or celebrity yeah, event. You were like, that's that's what was her name, Lisa or something like that. I can't remember. Um, but one of the women there, holy shit, she was a lot. Oh, <laughs> bad. That's bad, Jody. Bad Jody, thank you. Yep. Yeah, I, I actually was, uh, I was I kind of bowled over uh, like a little bit, and I'm just like, okay, all right. So that's that. That's how we're doing this. Okay. Very good. <laughs> Bad Jody is me on like max volume. <laughs> She's a lot. She's the lot. Um, but yeah, no, that was that was probably the most fun moment of it was when she showed up and completely broke me. I was yeah. like, wow. Yeah. This this human exists. <laughs> <laughs> well. Um, but yeah, uh, otherwise, like the 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 biggest trip was a lot of fun, and I really enjoyed the the day that we got to spend together. Although I was in too poor shape to actively get around and properly enjoy it. It was the saddest <sighs> day I think I've ever been in Vegas in my life. Mm. Not because I was with you; I was having a lovely time. But mm. at one point, I'm not even sure which one of us was left to babysit the other. But people went on a walk, and we just sat on a sad pillar or like a retaining outside the M&M store yeah. <laughs> and waited for our friends to come back yeah yeah we were dying yeah, yeah. but we didn't uh, die i mean the first day like it, not not the first day but i think the second day when stevie's friend um chris kim showed up uh, I think that's like that's the day that broke me, and I just stayed broken for the rest of the trip because we we must have walked like I don't know uh, several miles, um, possibly seven. Uh, it was a lot because we were trekking for ages and ages and ages, and I just remembered like completely breaking down and being like, "Just leave me to die. It's fine. Go ahead, carry on, enjoy Vegas." I will just pass away here on this bench. <laughs> well, my, I was so tired and my legs had nothing left. My first day, I took an Uber down to Peppermill and had breakfast down there because it's a spot I love and I've been gone since I was a kid. And then 
I crossed the street and went over to Circus Circus, which is always sad. But again, when I was a kid, wasn't a, a crap hole. Mm. And then I walked my way all the way back up to the Luxor um, my first day because I had that kind of energy. Day two, I was like, <laughs> I don't walk on the strip, certainly not the whole strip. So I was taking an Uber and a Lyft everywhere I went because it was like, no thanks. I wish I had been so circumspect. But anyway, like for the rest for the rest of the trip from that second day, like my feet hurt, like and just didn't stop hurting. Like and it it royally sucked having to get around anywhere. Um but uh but yeah, other than that the trip was really solid. Um and then and then Christmas. Let's move right along cuz we got a lot to cover of time that we have spent apart and have not <laughs> done any podcasts about it um i don't know about you but my christmas was interesting um it was enormously stressful and almost entirely pointlessly so like i could have completely relaxed and the results would have been the same like <clears throat> i don't know for me christmas was underwhelming this year um mostly because we got a snowstorm like the day of and the day before uh and so we pretty much had to postpone uh our our family christmas gathering for a week uh which just depressed me further (laughs) (laughs) jesus christ like uh for 40 some odd year for 42 years we'd had christmas uh every every day every christmas morning on the actual day and this was the first day in 42 years that we missed the first christmas that we'd had to postpone um so that sucked um and then I, I we got to christmas and i found that i i overspent by like a stupid amount like jesus christ aaron <laughs> you can't you can't keep doing this um so next christmas is going to be a poor christmas uh, as far as i'm concerned they're all going to get nice nice letters <laughs> handwritten letters like i'm looking forward to my dear, letter dear jesse you're not half bad love your brother like <laughs> such warm sentiment as well <laughs> um well i got back from vegas um i went to disney world for like a week or so <clears throat> my feet and my body were like why do you hate me and then i got home I was home like a day, maybe, and I was like, man, I don't feel good. And then it turns out I got COVID. So thanks whomever that was, mm-hmm. which immediately turned into bronchitis. So for the first time ever, I missed Thanksgiving with, well, not ever, but for the first time in a long time, I missed Thanksgiving with my parents. I think there were a couple years in the middle there. I was busy. But um, then for the first time ever, I didn't go out on Black Friday or whatever that Saturday is called where you support local businesses. Like I always shop those two days and I shop small business and big business so that I'm spreading my money around. Didn't leave my house. I don't think I left my house until like early December. I was like basically just quarantined with my dog, which by the way, not fun. Cause I, cause I couldn't, I couldn't breathe. Like it got to the point I was on like inhalers and stuff and, um, I couldn't take my dog in or out 
without going up and down our very steep apartment stairs. And so then I was like, <laughs> I was having like an asthma attack at the top of the stairs just to let her go pee. And so then the resent built up where I was like, why do you pee so much? <laughs> so, but yeah, and then Christmas was fine. It was fine. I, I also overspent after saying, let's do a small Christmas. So that's my story. Here I am. Yeah, I never, I never learned. Uh, and in any event, um, and let's see, the last big thing I think to mention, because I'm not sure. Your novel. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, uh, as of last year, I think the last time we recorded an episode, I still hadn't finished it. Um, but I have, I completed the first draft of my novel. Um, I am damn close to completing the second draft. Uh, I just need to tighten it up in a few key areas that I feel are missing something. So, and also I'm taking on board some new feedback that I recently got from one of my beta readers who was taking her sweet time. Um, yeah, thanks a lot, beta reader. You, <laughs> last one. Yeah, you know who well, you are. Yeah, uh, she probably doesn't listen to this, but that's okay. What the hell? <laughs> so, um... Yeah, so uh, I finished it and uh, I got I got uh, I got it out to several beta readers, uh, all of whom uh, were very uh, eff effusive in their praise. Uh, I got glowing reviews across the board, um, which just which just makes me feel like something's wrong. <laughs> I'm having the exact wrong, uh, the exact wrong reaction to what's going on because because it's so you know so well liked. I guess is is giving me quite a turn. Um, but uh, I did also get a lot of really good uh, constructive criticism. So um, and a lot of people had great ideas. Uh, my buddy Matt had some brilliant ideas, which I absolutely implemented in the, uh, in the second draft. And, uh, <sighs> yeah, so, uh, that's been an adventure. I've also like kind of dipped my toe into the waters of getting it published, which if you've ever tried to pu publish a book, um, don't. <laughs> uh it's uh it's a fucking nightmare um like everywhere i turn is like uh, i have absolutely no idea what's going on and no one will tell me um so it's uh getting published by a big publisher good fucking luck uh you need to get an, an a literary agent first of all uh and again good fucking luck uh, they need to present your manuscript to the publisher. The publisher needs to look at it and go, yes, they're the ones for us, and we'll sign them on, and then we'll give you a paltry cut of every sale uh, of your book, because it's ours now. Um, and I'm like, I don't know if I like that. Let me look into self-publishing. And self-publishing is also a nightmare, uh, because there are a million different... Uh, I don't know. I, I want to say paths or, or a million different, like everybody has different advice about what to do. Nobody, there's almost zero consensus on, on what to do when you're self-publishing. 
Um, there's like half a million Facebook groups, and I've I've looked at all of them, and a lot of them say contradictory things. I'm just like I, I'm I'm overwhelmed, like with how badly organized <laughs> human beings are. Which is a weird thing to say, but I mean it's true. Like like the the people who are into self publishing need to just kind of get together and have a consensus. Damn it. Uh, figure these things out so you can help like uh, newbies like me figure out what the hell they're doing. Because as of this moment, I have absolutely no idea. Uh, and uh, the rate of, the rate I'm going, I'm, I'm just going to throw it up on Amazon because Amazon is at least kind enough to walk you through the process. Like, here's what you need. Here's what format it needs to be in. Here's the thing, blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> um... But uh, there are also obviously downsides to working with Amazon. So, right. But anyway, I didn't mean to rant. I just <laughs> oh, okay. That's a noise. Wow. It's all I got. It's all okay. I got. Honestly, okay. when it comes to publishing, at least. Oh, I really enjoyed writing my novel, and I'm glad it's finished. But the people who have read it so far may be the people who won't ever read it. <laughs> Honestly, I um, when you get to your next uh, draft, I will probably ask if uh, it's alright if my dad reads it because I was like, Dad, this he's like the next Ernest Cline. Like this book is so good. <laughs> you are too kind. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't have any objection to you, Dad, reading it. Um, and like I said, I'm on the verge, so that second draft will be done pretty soon, so um, you can expect that hopefully within the next month or so. So that's what's going on. Uh, anything else big going on for you in the last four months before we get uh, into the podcast proper? Um, no. Nope. Nothing. No. No, it's I mean it's fine. I went to California and stuff, but obviously I came home sick and spoiler alert, I'm sick. Guys, what'd you go guess to California what? for? Um, there was a live Ralph report thing. Oh yeah. Um, and then I went to Disneyland. <laughs> you can talk about both of those things. I got to go on the new ride. Well, it's not new to me. I rode it in Florida in November, but mm. it is new to the world Fair. of California, I guess. The <laughs> the Disney verse out on the West Coast. New uh, to the world of California. <laughs> it's uh yeah. Yep. Minnie's runaway or Mickey and Minnie's runaway railway. It's the same kind of ride system that uh the Rise of the Resistance uses, so it's like a trackless magnetic floor base. So oh, the cool. cars have these dynamic sweeping movements, like Daisy teaches a, a dance class and so all the cars break off the train and do a waltz in unison together. It's so cute. Um, so that went into Toontown to kind of zhuzh that up since Toontown was looking very 1989. Mm -hmm. yeah, so that's cool. But like anything now, you have to pay to ride like the lightning lane thing. I can't even like, I want to be like, that's so dumb. I hate it. But then like when I got to like, walk on the ride and not wait six hours that was a value to my time so i want to hate on it i want to shit all over disney's money making scheme but at the same time if we all just line up for free 
I might never get on it because I'm never at the park when it first opens. That's fair. But they're doing a virtual queue, so even if you haven't like checked into the park or whatever, there's like a mm-hmm. way if you're anyway. There's things, but yeah. it is pricey. I will probably not be renewing my pass. You don't look terribly happy about that, and that was well, also a noise. I made a noise. Yeah, yes. I'm sad about it. Oh, I tried diet cocaine, which is the Tom Hanks drink. Oh, what? <laughs> he invented a drink. Um, who is that? So, so he doesn't really drink. Tom Hanks is not a big drinker, and he drinks Diet mm. Coke, but I don't understand because there's so many more tasty diet beverages. But I'm not going to hate on Tom Hanks because he's one of my many loves. And um, so he's at an award show somewhere, and he had like two thirds of a glass of Diet Coke left, and they were coming around with champagne for something. And he was like, Yo, top me up. He was kidding. The guy did it, he drank it. And he named it Diet Cocaine because it was Coke and Champagne. He said it named itself. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't go around telling people you're doing Diet Cocaine. (laughs) Tastes like barley wine. I don't know if you've ever had like a barley wine before. Barley wine is like if beer and wine had a baby. Okay. It's got that like sour wine taste, but like. Then it finishes Diet Coke, but it's effervescent. Anyway, I said I didn't hate it on TikTok because I'm not going to shit all over Tom Hanks, but I definitely won't be drinking that ever again. So it's like, is it is it, is it like sparkling wine that tastes like Diet Coke? <laughs> well, but you get that like sour champagne vibe. So mm. it's two thirds Diet Coke, one third champagne. So it's also super low alcohol. So if you're drinking to get drunk, not the drink for you because you're going to explode from the Diet Coke before you ever get a buzz. Wow. Thanks, Tom Um, Hanks. Wow. Well, thank you, Tom Hanks, for giving that to the world. Um, Speaking of giving to the world, I think it's our turn. Uh, We haven't done topics in four months. Uh, so let's get on to it. Uh, I'm going to go first, uh, coming right up after this break. And as always, I like to drop a little hint. Um, my topic is a bit on the fringe, uh, but I'm just going to wink and tell you it's going to be okay. <laughs> That's all I've got as Aaron just kind of shuts down. Hmm. <laughs> Doesn't it doesn't tell you anything, but that's kind of the point. Uh we'll be back with my topic right after this. Hey Bridget. Hey Aaron. You know what time it is. No, what time is it? It's Bicoastal Biatches time. Finally. We so need to catch up. Join the Bitch Brigade and listen to Bicoastal Biatches. Where can they find us? iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Welcome back. Uh, it's time for uh, part two, which is uh, our first topic of the day, and that's going to be mine. Um, and my topic is, uh, well, uh, perhaps unsurprising. Uh, I have a great affinity for British television. Um, and 
Claudia Winkleman is a British TV presenter, radio personality, film critic, and journalist who didn't break any extreme barriers, uh, excepting possibly providing representation for orange people on TV. Uh, she's not really historic. Uh, she doesn't have many great achievements or even live all that unusual a life. But for the kind of person I usually talk about on this podcast, she's actually kind of ordinary. Uh, but I can test that if you were to watch her appearances with any regularity at all, you'd actually find she's anything but ordinary. Uh, Claudia Ann Irina Winkleman was born in 1972 to a Jewish family in London, and she grew up with no full siblings, but she has two half-siblings from her parents' second marriages, so it's probably safe to say she had a somewhat fractious upbringing. And yet she appeared to have no real interest in theater or communications during her education, uh, getting a Master of Arts in Art History at Cambridge University instead. Uh, I don't usually like to do this with anyone, but I do need to talk about her appearance, uh, especially as it's rather pertinent to her story. According to Claudia, she was born with six extra teeth, quote, like a dinosaur, and when she smiled, people would scream. In fact, she claims that she was a virgin until she was 21, but that's when she made, in her mind, a life-changing decision. She got a haircut. Specifically, she got a fringe haircut. And that is when she claims, and I quote, everything started happening. She credits both her sex life and her career to her fringe, a hairstyle she wears as a trademark to this day. Her other trademarks are fake tan and black eyeliner, creating a look that is undeniably unique, but she absolutely owns it. Whether or not her fringe jump-started her career is debatable, but the timeline matches up as she began appearing frequently on the long-running travel review series Holiday in 1992, appearing as a reporter on other shows, frequently interviewing celebrities. Since then, she's appeared on dozens upon dozens of other shows, from news updates to game shows to reality shows and everything in between. One notable show she presented was simply called Film 2010. As The Guardian wrote about her coverage of the Oscars, quote, she proved both a passionate and engaging advocate of cinema, which makes sense as her husband is a film producer with credits on several mainstream releases. The show she's probably the most well-known for is Strictly Come Dancing, though we in the States know it by its alternative title, Dancing with the Stars. She started with presenting a companion show called It Takes Two, discussing and deliberating the competition with a group of experts, guests, and competitors themselves, but in 2014, she took over presenting the main show, following the departure of Bruce Forsyth. Now, as a fan, if you were to ask me what you should watch to get to know her, she's absolutely a fantastic presenter. But if you ask me, she's done brilliant guest spots on Would I Lie to You, including selling a lie that she instantly categorizes people she meets as animals and that it helps her remember them. She was equally incredible on 8 Out of 10 Cats Does Countdown, the Big Fat Quiz of the Year, and Taskmaster New Year's Treat. And a lot of these can be seen in their entirety on YouTube. Uh, but I do also really like watching her present shows like One Question, 
a big money game show with only one question to answer. And The Traitors, uh, one of her newest offerings, a reality show that is a hidden identity game. It's basically werewolf or mafia with a big money cash prize. And it's absolutely incredible entertainment. Her TV persona, whether presenting or guesting, is marked by a sort of intense affability. Claudia is simultaneously warm and fierce. She has an amazingly quick wit, as evidenced by her impressive improvisational skills, but she also comes across as genuinely caring and empathetic. This is reinforced by behind-the-scenes stuff, like radio interviews she did with the final players after the final episode of The Traders aired, dropping tidbits like how she insisted the contestants call her anti-Claude's when the cameras weren't rolling. <clears throat> so for my game... Uh, I've got Claudia or Nope. Uh, I have got 10 quotes here, and all you have to do is tell me whether this is a Claudia Winkleman quote or a quote from the character Leslie Nope from Parks and Recreation. Okay. <laughs> Ready? Can't wait to lose this game. Continue. All right. Uh, quote number one. Stockings are tricky for girls. You worry about them falling down all night, and the idea that you dress up at 7 p.m. so that your boyfriend can get excited about six hours later is just too much effort. Oh, man, that could be either of them easily. Uh, let's go, Claudia. You're right. That is a Claudia Winkleman quote. <laughs> well done. One point. Uh, quote number two. There is nothing we can't do if we work hard, never sleep, and shirk all other responsibilities in our lives. Uh, I feel like that's Leslie. No. Is that your answer? Sure. That's correct. It is Leslie. No. Oh, well done. Man. All right. Two okay. for two. Uh, here's quote number three. I had a go with Botox, but looked both scared and surprised at the same time, and I don't like to be either. I'm going to say that's Claudia. That is Claudia. Yeah. A thousand percent. Three points. Uh, quote number four. The thing about youth culture is, I don't understand it. Oof. Again, that could be either of those women. Let's go Claudia. That is a Leslie Nope quote, I'm afraid. <laughs> <clears throat> and you still got three out of four. Uh, right. Three points Fine. is good. We're not, we're not even halfway done. Uh, quote number five. My 20s were painful. You had to go out to nightclubs. I love not having to pretend to enjoy those things anymore. Mm. Leslie? No. That's a Claudia Winkleman Shoot. quote, I'm afraid. Yeah. I mean, you could easily attribute it to either one. And it's what is this one of the quotes I identify with most? I hated nightclubs, um, but my they're friends all love them. They're so. such a waste. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, uh, quote number six: We have to remember what's important in life: friends, waffles, and work. Or waffles, friends, work. But work has to come third. That's Leslie Nope. That is Leslie Nope. Absolutely right. Uh, says four points. Uh, quote number seven. Christmas is not a time for laughter. Christmas is a time for pain. Um, was that said by Aaron? Because... <laughs> no. Um, let's go Claudia uh, on this one. I, I do intensely identify with this one as well. 
Uh, and it is a Claudia Winkleman quote. Well done. Ooh, that's five points. You've only missed two of these. Uh, here's quote number eight. I stand behind my decision to avoid salad and other disgusting things. Claudia? This is a Leslie Nope quote. Ugh. Sorry. Uh, quote number nine. I won a robotics championship when I was 13. <laughs> Leslie. This is a Claudia Winkleman quote. What? Yeah. Dinosaur yeah. Teeth won an award. <laughs> I was on Dinosaur Teeth. She just opened yeah, her mouth. She, she made she made the robotics into it. Another yeah. dinosaur headed child. Uh poor Claudia. Um quote number ten. Well, I tried to call Oprah, couldn't get her number. I'm putting it out there like the secret, and hopefully she'll call me. I'm going to say Leslie. Uh, it is a Leslie Nope quote. Well done. All right. Snuck by with a D minus. I mean, six is good. Yeah, six is very good. Uh, better than average. I mean, you were steaming along for, for a while there. Um, well, the problem is, ironically, I, they're both very not, similar people. <laughs> yeah, the, the, I, 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 I did not realize this when I when I was putting this game together, but it was like, oh yeah, they're they're both kind of warm but fierce people, so they both have very similar stances on a lot of things. It's sort of a, so a dry, dry resentment for a more a normal <laughs> like, yeah, and zero tolerance for bullshit. Um, in any event, uh, you got six uh, out of ten. That's damn good. I'm pretty sure you're gonna win because uh, I feel no particular, <laughs> no particular comfort about it. Uh, I also just realized, and I don't know if I, I can't remember if I did this intentionally because I whipped this up a couple of weeks ago. But they literally went in opposite order. It was Claudia Nope, Claudia Nope, Claudia Nope, Claudia Nope, Claudia Nope. Um, was it so, really just every other one? Yeah, yeah, it literally. Son was. of a biscuit! I, I go out of my way to avoid that when I I'm doing. I didn't realize I did it. <laughs> For God's sake! In any event, uh, that's my topic in a nutshell. Uh, Six points to you. Well done. Uh, when we come back from this next break, uh, Erin's going to present her topic, and then I'm going to play her game. We're going to see who wins. But before we go to break, Erin, uh, do you have a hint for us on what your topic might be? Animal justice. Oh, boy. That sounds interesting. Uh, we'll find out what she's talking about right after this. I'm Pantsless Aaron. This is Stevie. And I'm Augie. And we are Because Fuck You, That's Why, the podcast that's all about playing games and having fun. Our games are mostly based on British panel shows or British game shows, but we'll play just about anything that catches our attention and imagination. Our show is all about laughs, so please come by and have a great time. Why? Because, because fuck you, that's why. Welcome back. Uh, it's time for part three, which means our second topic, and it's Aaron's turn. And Aaron said her topic had to do with animal justice. So what's yeah. that all about? Well, okay. So if you've got a murderous mutt on your hands, or maybe you've been punched by a pig. Don't worry, you would be 
able to take them to court and not be alone because there is a historical list of many animals that have been taken to court. Now, most of these were in the Middle Ages, somewhere as early as uh, 800 BC, or sorry, AD. Hi, I'm Erin. I've just learned how to use a calendar. Uh, but while not a lot of hard evidence exists for these animal criminals, there are plenty of stories that have been passed down, or you might say lots of tales. Some animals, <laughs> yes, thank you. I should pause for applause. <laughs> Some animals were even jailed in the time it took them to, like, while they were waiting for trial. They put the animals in a jail cell along with regular criminals. Mm-hmm. And I could just explain how this is a weird, wacky thing over time, but let's get into some examples, shall we? No, right. So it, let's start off with 1610. These are in no particular order. We're going to fly all over the timeline here. But So in 1610, uh, a Belgian writer, Antonius Moraxius, that's how I'm saying it. It's wrong? Fuck you. Uh, described a case where a pack of wild dogs attacked and killed a, Frisca- a Franciscan monk. Um, the dogs were given a full trial, like judge, jury, everything. They were convicted of murder, despite the fact that it was proven they had rabies. So it wasn't actually that they intentionally murdered the Franciscan monk, but they were sentenced to death. Another case, also dog-related. I'm really jumping in on the dog here. Maybe I'm trying to teach Abby a lesson that she might go to court if she doesn't shape up. This one took place in 1712 in Vienna, Austria. A dog belonging to a soldier bit a man, and the soldier refused to take responsibility for the dog and turned the animal over to the court. So the dog was sentenced to a year of incarceration in the Naren Koderlein, which was essentially an iron cage mounted in a central location in like the city's like town square. And normally that's where uh, blasphemers, rowdies, and otherwise like breakers of the peace or unruly citizens would be put to be punished. So this dog was left out in this court square to be tortured by passerbys. It didn't stop there, ladies and gentlemen. There's plenty more. Mm. Another case. 1480s, uh, the Cardinal Bishop of Autun in France ruled against some slugs. The slugs were ruining the estate grounds under his uh, supervision, and so he ordered three days of daily procession. The slugs were told to leave the area or be cursed. Thus, officially, the ruling made them free game for extermination by local passerbys. In 1379, this is fun, right? You like the idea that little animals get trotted into court to be... Into court, sure, that's kind of fun. But when they get, like, tortured, that that's not cool. Well, I'd, I'd rather there was less of that. You're probably going to hate as we move forward, then. Oh, Jesus Christ. Now, in most cases, I will say, the courts attempted to really try the animals as if they were human. They were afforded all the same rights that a human defendant would be so they were given counsel um it was a a, like a full fair trial so Mm -hmm. despite the fact that we don't want to see little animals get hurt uh they were given a and i'm going to use finger quotes here that you guys can't see but aaron did fair trial uh 
So, but next two involve pigs. So, one in 1386 was in Folies, France. A female pig had uh, attacked a child and uh, basically eaten the child's face. So, uh, after standing trial, the pig was sentenced to be horrifically mutilated on its head and forelegs. Uh, because the pig had maimed and eaten the child's head and arms. Once found guilty, they then, and here's where it gets a little sick and twisted for me, dressed the pig in a man's clothing. So, shirt and, shirt and trousers. And then hung the pig in the town square. So they maimed and brutally hurt Jesus. the pig, left it alive, put it in clothing, and hung the pig. This seems excessive. Also, I'm not sure something we would have done to people. But again, this was the Middle Ages. So what yeah, do I know? I um, I mean, the I I I get, I get, I I even kind of get killing the pig because the kid, the pig did attack a child, and may develop like a taste for it and do it again. But like, just kill the pig, like. For Don't fuck's sake! Like fuck up its face and like. I mean, this was this was this wasn't justice. This was vengeful. This was uh, well. So in thirteen seventy nine, I do think a little bit of justice happened here. Not enough. Okay. Not enough, but a little. So right. there were two herds of swine. They were feeding together. Three of the pigs got a little rowdy and hmm. charged at the swine master's son, knocking him over. He died a few days later from injuries from that fall. Oh. Um, as a result, the pigs from both herds were brought in and tried. So not just the three that knocked the kid over, but all the pigs. And after due process of law, they were condemned to death. However, luckily, the pigs who had been implicated as accomplices and for not stepping in to prevent the action and simply watching the trio did receive an official pardon and were not put to death. Just the three that killed the boy were. Okay. I mean, that seems a bit more fair. Like, but still, Jesus. Like, <laughs> this is kind of horrific. Well, also, and you know how I like to do these kind of things every so often because I like looking at that face where you yeah, look shocked. Yeah, you just um, like putting me through this. And I'll, I'll do something cheerful next week. I will right. say, though, that there we'll were say, quite a know, few... We're going to take another four-month break at this rate. <laughs> <laughs> there were quite a few animals, though, that did get off, especially in cases of, like, bestiality. Um, the human was often brought to trial with the animal, and the animal was often found to be um, a non-willing participant or not guilty. Um, so it wasn't always all bad, but most of the cases that have survived through history are the bad ones. I'm sure there were equal as many cases where they said, that's okay, you go on about your business. So... I was going to come up with some kind of fun game of guilty, not guilty. And then I thought, that's too hard. But then I remembered, I've lost almost every episode. So we're going to play guilty, not guilty. I'm going to read you what the animal's crime was. Okay. You're welcome. Thank you. You look thrilled. I am thrilled. All right. So crime one. Mm -hmm. 
And this is not a crime I had already, this is similar to crimes I just read to you, but not the crimes. So the first crime, pig kills child. Oh, and that's it. That's all I get. <laughs> I can give you if you want a little backstory. So this I'm one like, was. I might as well just flip a coin. I this guess. one was 1594. A okay. hog was arrested near Clermont in France for having strangled and defaced a child in its cradle. Jesus. Multiple witnesses claimed the pig let itself in to the house and disfigured and ate the face, neck, and torso of said child. Oh my god. Um, What's going on I mean, in France, by the way, that this is repetitive uh, pig violence? But continue. I mean, uh, yeah, no, um, this has got to be guilty. I mean, with multiple witnesses. Yeah. Yeah. So I will say um, there was some reading. Um, uh, some of the things that I read indicated that depending on like the uh religious beliefs of the town sometimes that these like witnesses came forward if they thought it was like a heretic or whatever so yes you're correct so one point for you crime two a donkey is for is caught fornicating with a man now uh you have indicated that in bestiality a lot of times the animal would be let off so i'm just gonna throw it out there that that might have been a hint so i'll say not guilty that is correct uh so frenchman jacques ferron was caught copulating with a female donkey in 1750. It both were tried. They both had defense. They both had defense attorneys. The man was burned alive, and the donkey went free because she had not participated in her master's crime or of her own free will. Wow. Da, 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 da. Okay. Still really pleasant. Crime three. Rooster lays an egg in. 1474, in the Swiss city of Basel, uh, a rooster was tried for committing the heinous and unnatural crime of laying an egg. You are shitting me. Oh, wait a minute. No, you said a rooster. Right. Boy chicken. Oh! <laughs> um, you know what? Um... Because it's so preposterous, um, I'm going to say guilty. Uh, it was guilty. They don't know how it happened, uh, and they burned it to death. I, I mean... For fuck's sake! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, let's move this along to Weevil's Damage a Vineyard. Uh, so in early modern era of uh, early middle ages, it was a serious crime to deface church property. Mm -hmm. Um, so the, the weevils ruined a crop of holy grapes in St. Julian in France. Um, guilty or innocent. I'm gonna go guilty. 
this one was a was was a tough one because the there are no sir there's no verdict on file with the court because mm-hmm. the court documents indicate that locals were outraged and they created a reserve off property for the weevils and moved the critters away before they finished arguing the case which by the way took eight months wow <clears throat> yeah so with no verdict what's the correct answer uh, the the answer is unknown that was a freebie you, i was afraid you weren't going to get any points <laughs> but, but that i just i included one that could go either way because there was no right answer wow technically they did argue for that long probably because they were trying to convict them but see this the court records were lost okay that's that's messed up but so, also thank you i guess yeah. Okay. So we all remember um, when I talked about the elephant that um, was killed by Thomas Edison uh, you know, uh, a long time ago. So, well, here we have an elephant that killed their handler. Uh, so in 1916, uh, an elephant named Mary killed her handler. Her handler was a homeless man who had recently gotten the job, had no right being an elephant handler and had poked her accidentally with like a sharp object but she uh she knocked him over and killed him verdict please i mean you would hope not guilty but i'm gonna say probably guilty this might be a sweep for you um so yeah so a lynch mob started Dear God, a lynch mob? Yeah. Or an elephant? They were chanting, kill the elephant. Jesus. They attempted to shoot her, but the bullets fell from her thick hide. So they strung her up from a crane. Uh, A hundred-ton rail car. A hundred-ton rail car crane. And hung her to death. And it was found after her death in an autopsy that the homeless man who had no business being there poked her in a terrible abscess she had. So they found out after the fact, after they made the decision that she should die, that she had an infected tooth and was really sick and he hurt her. And that's why she freaked out. People are dicks. By the way, this is 1916 that they're still like deciding whether this yeah. is good or not. Yeah, okay. yeah, I, 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 depressingly. Yeah, okay. We're gonna, there's some good coming up. Okay, so this next one is that rats destroy a barley crop. Uh, it was 1510, and they destroyed an entire field of barley in France. Okay. Rats? Rats. I mean, my gut says guilty again, but, um... I don't know. For some reason, I kind of want to go not. Yeah, let's go not guilty on this one. Well, then you would be correct. Because lawyer Bartholomew Chesney represented the rats. And when the rats didn't show up in court, Chesney argued the clients couldn't attend court as to do so would put them in danger from local dogs and cats. Such risk of death would allow humans to skip court, so why not animals? The judge 
dismiss the charges against the rats. This that lawyer actually got a bad name for himself by like defending animals. Like holy shit, it was I like mean, a joke. Yeah, I mean, kind of. I mean, I'm kind of surprised the judge took him seriously. Yeah. All right, next one. Primate acts as French spy, allegedly. <laughs> oh, it, it, this this has to be guilty. It has to. Yeah, it is. During the oh my god Napoleonic War, French ship wrecked off the coast of Hartlepool, and the sole survivor made their way into town, and it was a monkey. But the locals were concerned that it was spying on them, so they tried and hanged the monkey. Oh, for fuck's sake! <sighs> okay, we're almost there. People are awful. Alright, so the next crime is Moles Damaged Crops. Um, it was 1519 and it was in Stelvio, which is now modern day Italy. Uh, oh my god, you guys. Talking is hard. Modern day Italy. Moles Damaged Crops. Um, <laughs> now the last time we had animals damage crops, it was not guilty, but that was because of a spooky lawyer. I don't know if it's going to happen a second time. I'm going to go guilty. Um, they were found guilty, but the judge showed them some leniency and banished them to another town. Oh. So they just got up and left? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Maybe it was like the beavers <laughs> in Oregon where they just like relocated them. Yeah, maybe. Um, okay. Next crime. Cow pushes woman over uh, in Saxony, Germany in 1621. And she eventually died from her injuries. <sighs> Cow pushes woman over. Now, it, it pushes women over kind of could go either way because it could be aggressively pushing her over or it could be accidentally, like, you know, sidestepped or whatever and accidentally knocked her over. So it's it's hard to say. Um, uh, I'm going to go not guilty on this one. Well, am I'm I, not good. Am I right again? No. Okay, no. good. Good. They found the cow, uh, the law faculty of the University of Leipzig. 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 Yeah, Le Leipzig. Leipzig. Thanks, yeah. Words yeah. are hard. Putting gotcha. an extra vowel in there. Say it again. Leipzig? Leipzig, yeah. Okay. They found the cow guilty and sentenced the cow to death. Oh, Jesus. That's okay. Here's the last one. Whoop, whoop. All right. All right, this last one is shockingly recent, and I can't even believe that I'm going to say this. In 2008, oh my God. a court in Macedonia heard how a wild bear attacked a beekeeper's hive and stole the honey inside. So oh. the crime is bear steals honey. Come on. I mean, the, the fact that you included it makes me want to put guilty because that would just... I mean, honestly, that would not surprise me if we haven't learned anything in 500 years. Um, I mean, yeah, bears steal honey. It's, 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 of course, that's, that's what a bear's going to do. 
Like, Jesus. It's not like... Oh, for fuck's sake. No, I'm going to stick with my gut and say guilty. Okay, so I ended on a happy note. This one is guilty, so you do get the point. But because the bears are protected species, they weren't able to actually do anything to the bear. So instead... They uh, found that the state was responsible for paying the beekeeper, uh, which was roughly pound, uh, pound seventeen fifty in damages, so like what thirty five hundred dollars roughly in U.S. money. So there was a verdict on the side of the beekeeper. So he, they did find the bear guilty, but, but they, they did nothing to the bear because it's protected okay. species. So oh, good. It just lived its life <laughs> he, out in the he, wild. A reasonable verdict, then. <laughs> right? No. I Literally, there were, like, hundreds more stories, but I was like, oh, some, some of them were far more depressing. These are on the lighter side. Oh, my God. Oh, fuck. No. All right. I need a mind cleanse. Um, so, depressingly, uh, even though I was pretty uh-huh. sure you were going to win, I think I got nine points. I only you got missed nine one. out of ten, yeah. Oh, my I was God. afraid. I, I, I tried to keep it simple. I'll, I'll I mean, ne- you you were telling me like you're like uh, I thought it was too hard, but I went ahead and did it anyway, and I'm like, great, okay, I'm gonna get slaughtered, and then I get nine. <laughs> How the no, fuck? It's fine. You need to make these harder. Make, I don't know. Make me guess what animal it is. Just they'll do the story. Oh then, shit, that would have been yeah. much better. Yeah, you should the, you should write my game and, and then just, like yeah, <laughs> that would that would have been way harder to try and guess which animal was responsible for each crime. You know, I'll be better next week. I will it's have an uplifting topic and good. a hard as shit game. All right, and I will have. I will. You know what? Um, I will have a because I do a lot on people. I'm going to try and do something about something else, maybe an event or a thing rather than a person. Um, I'll try to do a person because I don't mm. normally do people. I usually yeah. do horrific well, events. Yes, yes. So, so like, do. I'll avoid the sinking of the Titanic next mm. week. Well, thank heavens. I'll go with something lighthearted, like I don't know. I'm sure you'll come up with something. Tom Hanks, maybe. I can't now. You know. <laughs> now i know so it's gotta be something else anyway uh that is going to be it for our show uh thanks for listening everybody i hope you enjoyed uh our our, our recent spate of insanity i know we've been gone for a while but we're gonna get back into it um and uh hopefully we'll have another topic ready for you next week and meanwhile um i've been pantsless aaron you can find me everywhere on the socials as pantsless aaron not on twitter anymore uh i left twitter uh it was just not really healthy uh for my mental state to be anywhere near it uh so i just just did entirely and i gotta have been happier ever since uh i do not miss it as much as i thought i would so uh good on me um and i recommend the same that place is awful um other places may not be as popular but they're uh decidedly more comfortable for my brain case uh but anyway uh, i'm on pretty much every social media as pants is aaron that's where you can find me you can find uh aaron at t-o-a-o turtle one and only turtle uh absolutely uh go check out the cool things that aaron's doing uh, on social media, uh, you can catch the show at A-N-E underscore podcast. 
and uh, you can also send us emails at uh, Aaron and Aaron inbox at gmail.com. That is A-A-R-O-N-A-N-D-E-R-I-N-I-N-B-O-X at gmail.com. Aaron and Aaron Inbox. It's that simple. Uh, (laughs) So simple, I have to spell it out every single time. Uh, If you've enjoyed this episode, please follow, like, subscribe, all that fun stuff uh, on Anchor.fm or anywhere else you listen to A&E Podcast. It is appreciated. It helps the show grow. Uh, and who knows, uh, may, may get us to uh, bring more people on and you know, have guests and so forth. And please, uh, send us emails, uh, leave voicemails through the widget on anchor.fm. Um, just let us know that you're out there. And if you have ideas for topics or your thoughts on any particular topic that we do, we always enjoy, uh, reading your emails and listening to your voicemails. So please, uh, dump those on us. We enjoy them so much. So. So uh, please give that a shot, and we will catch you guys next time. So for now, uh, it's goodbye from me uh, and from Aaron. Bye.